All right. Welcome back to Hobby Time. We have a very special episode today. John and Nathaniel had a bunch of thoughts that they were kicking around and wanted to share with everybody. So they hit record and recorded an episode. I'm very excited to, to bring it. They touched on some of Nathaniel's flipping strategies, John's Sacramento Kings Topps Chrome Refractor Collection, and ended up by ranking some of the, the most recent rookie classes. So it's a really great episode. And it sounded like they had a great time doing it. So I'm I'm happy to share it here on the feed. Let's get to it. Yeah, man. So, uh, so, so, how you been? How, uh, what, 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 what is new? Anything, uh, anything new in the hobby? Um, let's see. I not too much. I've been doing the through the mail autograph thing. Um, got a few of those back recently. Got a the ever popular Dick Vitale autograph, which everyone's looking for. Got a couple of the 1961 guys back that are still alive. I've been seeking out those dudes just because I love that set. So a couple no-name guys, basically. Although one of them, Frank Selvey, uh, when I was researching him for... Because I always like send a little letter being like, Hey, this is what I've learned about you. Would you sign this card? Anyway, he scored 100 points in a Division One college basketball game. Only guy to ever do that. I did not know that. It's good, good, good trivia to have in my <laughs> I know. That's going to come in handy someday. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, some guy. I mean, on Simmons' podcast, they were talking about he was going to break Maravich's uh, all-time college scoring record. It, it's a yeah. Bit, uh, did you do you know about that? I, I heard the same podcast, and then I looked it up. I think the guy, you know, he was like thirty-five points short or something when they came out with the podcast, and I think he only scored twenty points in his last game. So I don't think he actually did it. Okay. Yeah, I never heard any follow-up, but never heard any lead-up either. Yeah, I, I got the impression Simmons wasn't very interested in it, but I, I forget who the guest was. He was very interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, this year has been, I mean, I know they're talking heads and talking about this, but just, you know, all the new records, like, the you know, all the numbers are up everywhere. It's just it's, it's too many to keep track of, kind of. I know. I wonder if eventually we're going to need to sort of, like, you know, have some kind of... Uh, adjustment that we have in our heads for this era versus past eras kind of like with quarterbacks like in american football like how do you compare you know what uh joe, joe montana did back in the day when they didn't pass every time and and what mahomes does now i i feel like basketball might be trending in that direction i i agree and i like the you know the, the example as a niners fan as a montana fan growing up as a kid oh yeah so, <laughs> speaking speaking to me nice love that um, yeah, it, I, I yeah I agree. I mean, uh, I don't know if they'll just finally cut it down to seventy-two games. Of course, that's hard to see the owners giving up money that way, but um, in the league. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it is getting an annoying part of the year. I mean, like a game is just but one example. Guys are just sitting a lot. Yeah, agreed. What about you? What about any pickups for you recently? Um, well, yeah, I had one kind of big one. Um, again, you know, I, I talked about the last pod, uh, with Keith, uh, I'm going after this Luka Modric player, uh, soccer player. Um, and I picked up a, uh, of his, which is, which is pretty rare. Um, there are only three graded copies from 2006. He has one sticker of 2005 that has one copy. Um, so they're kind of tough to unearth. And I, 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 I got one. It's definitely kind of a, kind of a grail, like whole time thing um that's awesome do you yeah. think you'll try to get it graded it is graded. It oh is. it is graded yeah uh and it's it's psa 8 which is the the highest grade too so feeling feeling like i'm on top of the motage market but 
uh, which is great. Uh, I, I had to move a card that I, a Ronaldo rookie that I pulled from a box and got it graded. Um, the guy, the guy took it in trade. Um, nice. So yeah, yeah, pretty pretty happy about that. Excited to go home in June and, uh, and see in person. That's awesome. Do you, when you go home and see the things you've been acquiring, do you then take them back to Turkey with you, or do they stay there? Yeah, it depends. Uh, I mean, as I'm getting more selective, the longer I go in the hobby, uh, trying to get rid of stuff, uh, consolidate from. So the calculus is kind of what would it sell best in the states uh, or here? Uh, I'll have to kind of sort through that. Um, a lot of things, kind of like cheaper slabs and that kind of thing, they really go goo goo for slabs over here because uh, they don't have a lot. So um, I might kind of try to try to sell some stuff more here. But things that are PC, do they stay in the States? No, no, they, they, they come over. They come with you, okay. I got a, I mean, our bookshelf in our living room is where I, I, I have about, you know, 15 or 20 cards kind of, you know, among the books and other children's <laughs> ceramics kind of stuff. That's kind of where I get to display them. And then nice. in, a, in boxes up in my room underneath my desk where I am now. <laughs> right, yeah, mine are all in boxes. I, I don't, I haven't done the display thing so far, but maybe I should think about that. Use one touches. Uh, I've got a few, but no, mostly they're just in top loaders. I'm a child of the '90s. This is what this is what we did back then. They were just in top loaders and in boxes, and and uh, that seemed good enough to us then. And so I, I haven't uh, really moved out of that era. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it, if it, if it works, you know, why should I guess? Yeah, you know what? We didn't address the elephant in the room that this is the first ever. Uh, podcast on the Dirk Nasty podcast network that that doesn't feature Dirk Nasty. That is true. Mr. Keith, uh, Mr. Dirk, aka Dirk Nasty is not with us. Uh, and usually he's, well, he's been with you on, uh, you know, I don't know, half a dozen to a dozen pods. Um, and he's, he's, he's letting us borrow the feed, you know, take, take a little break, uh, take care of his kids, I think, uh, this week or last. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, you and, it's you and I here. Yeah, he's, uh, oh man, I can't think of the word. What do the NBA stars call it when they sit out a game for rest? He's doing some load management today. Load management, yeah. His uh, vocal cords were a little bit strained, and, and he just needed a break from this. Yeah, too, too many too many games, you know, it's just a new style. Uh, yeah, um, and I think we also have a first, uh, a first, first deal <laughs> among the three of us. Oh, that's not true. I sold Keith a... Uh, what did I sell him? Um, oh, uh, Anthony Edwards card back in the day. You did? Uh, okay. Yeah, but first one between us. Yeah, but I, I want to talk about it first because you know I'm not the the best on judging condition or being that concerned about condition. So I want you to go into this with eyes wide open. So the card in question is a 2014 Court Kings Joel Embiid rookie card. It's his level two which on that year they serial numbered them. Oh man, I don't have the card in front of me. I think it's to 225. Yeah. Um, and this one is numbered 24, which I, I did some uh, fuzzy math. Uh, Embiid, the three-pointer has become um, a bigger part of his arsenal as his career has developed. And his, his jersey number is 21. So 21 plus three is 24. So I'm pretty sure this should, be list should have been listed as an eBay one of one. I know. No wonder I had to sell it offline versus uh, on eBay. Um, I was looking it up to because I wanted to try to compare the condition because there's like 
there's all these little white spots on the front of it. And I'm like, oh man, is this surface all jacked up? Or is this supposed to look like this? Turns out it's supposed to look like that. That's like the painterly quality of the Court Kings. But anyway, I could only find one other copy on eBay other than mine. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, Court Kings is probably my favorite, favorite set. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for their art or whatever. Yeah, and I like how it's just, yeah, and it's so different than everything else that Panini does. It, and it feels somehow like a, you know, a, a weird '90s set that would have existed. So I like that about it. Interesting. I, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. I, everything's to the '90s with you, I know, but, uh, uh, but yeah, you know, in terms of the, the condition, I, I, I'm fine with it. I, I do think it's going to be a gift, you know, to someone who does not collect cards but has kids, and uh, he's in our fantasy league. Um, so just kind of a and he's a Sixers fan and has Embiid on his team, so uh, it just seems it seems right. Um, and I, I've been kind of in the market for an Embiid card, uh, right in the range that you were selling. Um, it was kind of what I was going to pay, and uh, so it seemed perfect when I came upon it on your page. Okay, cool. If you're yeah. uh, comfortable with it, then that sounds great to me. We'll figure yeah. out the details at a later point. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you, you've now sold me a card, you sold Keith a card. So clearly, of the three of us, you are the, uh, you, you're the most experienced seller. I noticed uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but okay, we'll go with the premise. Well, I mean, you, you have, as I counted, 499 items uh, having sold to your eBay account. I guess I make it 500. Um, uh, I sold a few things this morning, actually. So we're, we've, we've gone over 500. There you go. See, I'm, I'm, I'm already, you know, cutting me short. Uh, but, uh, you know, so you, you've had quite a, I mean, you, it says you've been on since 2019. When did you start start selling? Uh, ooh, I have no idea. Probably 2020 at some point. Probably kind of late-ish in fall of 2020, I would guess. And, you know, what 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 got you, I mean, did you first start buying when you got on or? Um, well, going way back... I mean, there are cards that I can't really reckon with how I got them. So I think that I bought stuff. I mean, I definitely bought stuff on eBay when I was a teenager, when when eBay was hot and new. So like, I have a really, I think it's now that I've graded it, it's an SGC1 uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rookie card. But I'm pretty sure I bought that for some cheap price on eBay. And I have some battered to all hell uh, Drexler and Barkley Fleer quote-unquote rookie cards um that i must have bought really cheap when i was a kid so anyway i i did ebay back then even um but just got back into it with the profile you're talking about with the selling in the last few years and when i started out i was i think i talked about this on a previous podcast but i did some ill-advised sales right away when i i didn't really know what i was doing so told sold my ray allen tops chrome refractor rookie card um sold a essential credentials card that I think I could have probably got 10 times what I sold it for. Um, anyway, so I started out that way and then I started buying stuff and, and then I've gradually sort of, especially recently been doing what you're talking about of like, I have a million of those Jordan cards that they made in the nineties, like upper deck would make a hundred box sets of my, just a Michael Jordan. Um, so to me, those cards have very little meaning. They're, they're mass produced. I love Michael Jordan, but the um, base card kind of cards I'm, I'm happy to, try to consolidate into something cooler. So I've been selling lots of that stuff. And then uh, I think what we're going to talk about here is I also do some 
flipping of cards. So um, I think that kind of started out with the podcast that I did with Camden that you may be familiar with, the NASDAQ yeah. Index. Yeah, um, so that was part of the premise of that podcast is we were going to like try to see what we could do with a particular amount of money. Um, so I think that's what got me going on the, the flipping bug. Okay, so that, that, that challenge kind of got your juices going. And then, you know, how did you, how did you start? How did it go? I think, so I, you noted that if you look at what I'm selling on eBay, it's sort of hard to find any sort of cohesion to it other than that it's all basketball. Um, so I think I, I looked at some of my best sales and, and worst sales recently to try to have an idea of how I go about what I do, if there is any way to judge that. Um, so I, I thought I'd run through some of those if that's cool. Perfect. That's great. So one thing I definitely do is if I buy something from a big consigner um, like Probstein or DC Sports or ComC, um, I don't close those purchases until whatever the maximum amount of time is, just in case more stuff comes along. Because especially for cheap stuff, if you're flipping it, you basically, you you can't buy something for $2 and pay $5 of shipping and then make money on it. So um, anything like that, you basically need combined shipping, in my opinion, to, to flip it. Um, so I always do that. And this first one came that way. So I got... Um, four LeBron James rookie cards, different ones that were all PSA 8s for $177 from Probstein. Um, and then parceled them out and sold them for $313 total. And so a couple things there, like buying lots can be a good idea. And then the other thing is, this is, uh, I don't want to get, um, what do you call that? Uh, when you besmirch someone, I don't want to besmirch Probstein and have a lawsuit, but I would say they maybe list cards the worst of any consigner. So this one like had the four cards basically stacked on top of each other. The most valuable of all of them was in the back and you could barely see it. So I would say having uh, combined shipping going on probe scene auctions and then just looking at a lot of stuff, you'll find, you'll find gems in there just because of how they list things. The downside is they uh, ship them very poorly. So your card might get beat up, but um, anyway, Probstein, there's some arbitrage there just because of um, how they do things, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is, I think I just mostly try to buy cards that I'm actually interested in. So this next card, um, you know, most people, I would say, when they're looking at a Jokic rookie card, they're going to look at Prism, they're going to look at Select. Um, but for me, I, I looked at the list of his rookie cards and found which ones were serial numbered. So I'm looking more for um, rarity than for um popularity so I, I found this admittedly kind of ugly set called replay that they just made that one year for good reason because it, it was a not a very good product but anyway he has a uh, Jokic has several rookies in there and the gold is out of 25 so i bought that for at some point for 38 dollars, and then you know he's Jokic, so he's awesome and then people love gold as a parallel even if it's a on an ugly card so i was eventually able to sell that for 257 dollars. so that's got to be one of my best uh, flips for sure. I don't even know what the percentage would be on that. But so I, I think you've got to be more patient on cards like that because, you know, people aren't searching for a replay rookie card. Um, but if you have the means to just sort of hold a card, uh, I, I think you can do well with some of these more oddball cards. And that's my experience is that if it's a card that I would actually consider PCing, 
I do a lot better with it than with the cards that I'm not super interested in. Yeah, um, just to just to just to add to that, I mean, I, I, a couple of things you talked just the time together. Like, you really can't flip uh, when the, the fees involved in tax and shipping. Um, you know, if you buy a fifty dollar card, um, you know, you have to sell it for at least ninety to make what like ten or fifteen dollars. Yeah, you for actually, you to know, be worth the effort. Uh, and is that all worth it? You know, um, you know, so it's the only kind of way, not the only way. Yes, there are times when something like that can work, I guess, in 2020 and 2021, but um, is with time. So if you can sit on it, I mean, you know, then things come. And I mean, in, in the Jokic play, I mean, yeah, you knew he's awesome. I mean, that's kind of how I got into Jokic. I just knew he was awesome and he was relatively right. underpriced in the market. Uh, and so I bought a fair amount of him for me. Um, so it paid off. But yeah. Yeah. And I think like you're saying, you know, when you're looking at a Luka Doncic prism rookie card, PSA 10 or whatever, like um, you're going to have to wait a long time to make money on it because the price is pretty established. Like if you buy it, if you get it, you know, for 5% under comps, at best you're going to be able to sell it for 5% over comps just because that card, anyone can look it up and know exactly what it's going to basically end up at. So this next card I think is a good example of... Um, how buying more oddball stuff has worked for me. So there was a mosaic rookie card of Brandon Ingram with an autograph, PSA 10, which there just aren't very many of those. I forget. I think there's like 15 or something. So there were no recent sales of it. But I could see that um, that a PSA 9 had sold recently for, I forget, like $190 or something like that. So when I was able to get this one for 270 I knew just, you know, typically the the uh what do you call that multiplier, multiplier on a yeah. from a nine to ten is at least like three times and maybe increasing it seems like um so anyway i was able to you know people weren't able to really see comps but you can kind of judge based on some other cards what it ought to be anyway i was able to make like a hundred dollars on that card um so anyway some things like that um just for me looking at less liquid cards works. I know that seems counterintuitive and, and different than what most flipping type podcasts might talk about. But for me, um, that's a better idea. And But it doesn't always work. So let me talk about some of my bad cards. I bought a 2017 impeccable Bam Autobio autographed card, number to 49. It's his rookie card. Um, but people just don't like centers. So even though I think um, for a lot of players, it's it's a beautiful looking card. He's awesome. He should be I, maybe he won't be an All NBA player this year because of uh, your your guy Sabonis, but uh, typically he's he's in that conversation. He's in Defensive Player of the Year conversation. But anyway, I lost money on that card just because, despite it being scarce, despite it being from a beautiful set, despite it being an on card autograph, it's just it remains Bam Adebayo. Um, so I didn't do well on that. Another one, I think a weakness that you'll learn about me listening to this show is that I don't look closely enough at the condition of cards. So again, on the probes team thing, I bought this Kevin Garnett, a cut above uh, insert, which is one of the kind of iconic inserts of the nineties. Um, I bought it for what seemed like a good price, but I didn't look closely at it. And there was major paper loss on the back of the card, which, you know, because it's probes team, they didn't say anything about it, but they did show pictures of it. So I didn't feel like I had any grounds to return it. Um, and then when I listed it, because 
I didn't feel good about doing anything. Otherwise, I, I had to explicitly talk about that. Um, and so I lost, I don't know, $120 on that card. I, I, it's probably the worst I've ever done on a card. Um, so that is a weakness of, like, I tend to buy raw cards, and I tend to be more excited about the card itself than about the condition of the card. So that can be a bad idea. And then, um, yeah, I bought a Tatum Prism at some point of when that was probably a hyped thing. Um, Prism rookie card and, and lost more than 100% on it. So um, That's your worst buy, especially because you don't like Prism. Yeah, I hate Prism. I think, you know, if memory serves, I actually thought it was a PSA 9. And, like, as I as the auction was ticking down, I looked at it and saw the error of my ways and, and was uh, distraught, as, as distraught as one can be about cards. Anyway, so I don't know. Does that give you any idea of my uh, whatever my strategies must be? Yeah, what I'm taking away is um, that, okay, yeah, you should look at condition. Okay, that's your, that's your failing. Um, but the Carnet seems kind of, uh, you know, an anomaly in the Tatum as well, because of the nine. Um, the BAM sale, um, why did you sell that? Yeah, I think, well, for one thing, I, I think it was part of the podcast thing with Camden. So those cards that I bought for that, I just, took them as I have to sell them. I don't, they're not even considered for PC. I'm trying to see how this ends up doing. Um, yeah. And then at, at some point I, you know, I, I didn't want to take a loss on it, but I also didn't want to be holding it forever where I don't know what the results of that uh, investment thing was. Um, so that that's why I, in a lot of ways that that's a card I would have liked to PC, but it, because it was in the bucket of um, flip cards, I just, I left it there mentally. I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, I, you know, I, I find your strategy interesting because it, it is all over the place a bit. Um, you know, you're not focusing on one set or, you know, even these cards here. I mean, I know you PC KD. Um, anything else? I wouldn't say a PCM. Um, Jokic. I mean, I my PC is very broad. It's basically like I like Hall of Flame. <laughs> Hall of Fame players. I like their rookie cards. I like their autographs. Um, I love, you know, I'm a Bulls fan, particularly of the 90s. So uh, Jordan, Pippen, even guys like Steve Kerr and Kukoc, I'm, I'm interested in their cards. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, it's super broad, unfortunately. I mean, you're, you're a 90s, you know, 90s guy, um, but you're, you know, you're mostly working in modern, right? Uh, in yeah. To me, for for flipping, that's what um, I have the most luck with. I think. Yeah. Or it's just out there, I suppose. I just think there's, you know, it. it you only have so much time and, and mental energy to apply to looking at eBay and looking at stuff. So you know, uh, it seems like you're looking at places where people are. Uh, a lot of people, or most people, are not. Right. Um, you know, if I'm going, I just went in today. You know, I'm, I'm going to kind of be monitoring the Shenyun market for a while. You know, kind of into the offseason and stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I what do I look at? I look at Prism. I look at Revolution. I look at Court Kings. Um, you know, and then from there, I don't. You know, I don't spend the the energy to kind of, and maybe I will with him to get into other sets. I mean, I started looking at Immaculate, but uh, I didn't see much there. But um, you know, I think I think there's a you you do well by kind of finding you know other sets that people aren't looking for. Yeah, I think there's something to that for sure. And, and like on the mental energy thing, you mentioned revolution. 
I just find that set to be overwhelming to me, like all the different parallels and they don't necessarily list what they are. So I think you just sort of have to select what you're gonna what you're gonna know about. And I've chose to know about court kings and not know about revolution. So I, I think it's smart to, um, you know, and I don't, you know, I think revolution can be great. I just have, I don't know how to <laughs> research it. it. It sort of overwhelms me. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think in general, like I just prefer to look at players that I like. So if I look at this list, other than not that I don't like Tatum, but I don't think of myself as someone who who cares one way or not, another about Tatum. But the things I listed here: are Jokic and Brandon Ingram and Kevin Garnett and Bam Adebayo. These are all these are all guys I like. So um, I think I focus on that too. And and guys I think are not. In general, I'm not going to be looking at the guys who are the hottest in the market just because I don't want to pay the initial price for that. So I'm not going to be looking at Luca or um, usually LeBron other than when Probstein really uh, messes up an auction. Um, I th so. That might be the, the biggest jewel uh, of your discussion. Uh, it's just, you know, you say you're besmirching them, but actually you're, you're, you're giving them business. Uh, you know? <laughs> that's uh, true. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, um, also the way they scan, I know, uh, you know, like sometimes the refractor of cards doesn't show. So yeah, exactly. Sometimes some beautiful yeah. cards do not look beautiful in there. Uh, and that strategy you, you've gotten me on it now is, you know, Probstein DC sports, uh, you know, some chai sellers, like you, once I get something, I then go into their store and see what else is going on. Um, you know, maybe I'll win something I like, you know, um, to combine the shipping so it makes sense and even with dc sports last week i i just started bidding on a bunch of i told you earlier how here in turkey they don't have many graded cards so i was like just trying to buy like csg 8.5s that's smart because you can probably get those things for for a couple bucks right three four bucks you know that kind of thing um i got some fox working cards for two bucks you know hoops you know just you know whatever but it's but it, the shipping is only 50 cents then on the, on the traditional so it's um you know we'll see it, it's just kind of an experiment um you know a three dollar slab yeah maybe i could get like 15 to 20 dollars for it here you know uh, yeah just it's just kind of more fun than anything um but uh yeah i i think it's a good strategy um, well thanks it can be uh i think it's something you got to take a break from from time to time because it's it's not fun to scroll through you know 15 pages of Probstein auctions, um, or, or at least if you're doing it too frequently, it's not very fun. Um, and sometimes for me, at least buying is a lot faster than selling, you know, so you can get a backlog of cards, even if you think all of them are, are good potential flips it becomes, uh, where you just have too many cards. So I think it's yeah. a good strategy in, uh, in small doses. Okay. Fair. Fair. I definitely found myself with this CSG 8.5s, whatever. One day, you know, since someone got outbid, and you just have to go through this whole list, reassess them. <laughs> it's kind of exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I can, right now, I'm trying to do less of it. I've inadvertently, from, or not inadvertently, but for my through the mail autograph thing, I bought a card from Compsy. Uh, well, Compsy on eBay. And then I'm like, oh man, am I going to do my usual thing? And, and I have been, but I would have, I would have liked it if I hadn't been doing that this week, looking at Compsy cards. I think I ended up sending you pictures of some weird Vladi Divac card just because it was on it was on Comsi's listings. 
Yeah, I don't want to discourage you because I, I, I always appreciate it. I'm like, man, you're, you're dangerous for me, kind of. It's like, oh. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, this auction's ending in like 10 minutes. Like, it's like, oh. <laughs> $7 bid. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man, I'm yeah. like a, a drug dealer over here. Exactly, exactly. You're just uh, bringing it to me. So I, <laughs> I can't put can't put to it. Straight into your comp C veins. Exactly. Um, Shall we talk about the, uh, so what inspired us to have this conversation in the first place is our, our next show topics. I'm excited to talk about this. Do you want to kind of yeah. introduce your top scrum thing? Yeah, you asked me, yeah, you know, we thought it'd be interesting to talk about it. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm, I, w- I, I, I left cars in the early 90s, like the 90s are a total, and 2000s, you know, are just a total black hole for me in general. Uh, for hoops, you know, it's of course the only really years of kingdom that i you know really love the team or our good years of course oh two to really only oh four um uh and oh two of course is the the team that got robbed um you know really probably should have won the title that year um but uh you know and kind of being attracted to shiny things i finally kind of discovered tops chrome refractors um and you know just tried to kind of get the kings from those years, actually, 02, 03, 04, and 05, you know, going for the, the top notch of out of 99. Um, you know, I, I, it's unclear to me, they have super, fract, super, uh, super factors most of these years, and I don't know if that means one of ones. Yeah, I was looking um, in the back kit. For some reason, I thought there was a super factor from LeBron's year, but I don't think there is. So I, I think it started in 2004. Uh, so, um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's only... The Kings don't have many cards, it, uh, so it's kind of manageable. And besides the Webers, nothing is too expensive. Um, and they're they're just beautiful cards. I mean, I, I like, as I said, the shiny stuff. And, um, you know, Bibby's uh, in all four years. Um, Webers in three of the years, first three years, 02 to 04. Um, Pages all four years. And those guys I all love. It's, it's just kind of funny, though, that there's, there's no Vlade in any of them. Yeah, what's, that seems very bizarre to me. I know, I know. I it's like know, what's too, Doug Christie and Bobby Jackson doing there with no Vladi? Yeah, it's uh, I don't know huh. <laughs> what to make of it. Um, so yeah, I'm just piecing piecing them. I mean, I've I've made pretty good good progress on it. Uh, I share with you kind of where I am. Um, it's just kind of the. Like the Weber in 02, so the 02 set out of 99 uh, is black, um, and then 03, 04, 05 are gold uh, out of 99. Um, and I have the black Weber, um, and I got that recently from Probstein. Nice. So, no searching, you know, sponsor us, <laughs> sponsor us if you want. Probe. Yeah, they can, we'll send lots of business their way. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, the, the big ones I'm lacking are kind of like Chris Weber 03 and 04, and they're listed for, you know, 250 to $400 on eBay. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to wait for auctions and see how those go if they come up. Uh, Do you have like save searches, I assume, for all these? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, specific and, and kind of vague, but I mean, you know, just for kind of say 2002, black, you know, top chrome, 99 refractor. Kings, um, but then also one for the one I need. But I, that one I actually have all the O2s, so it's it's O three, O four, and O five. I'm kind of okay with. 
uh, it's the weakest of them all. It's actually the set I like the least. Um, and and it's just Bibi Stoyakovic and uh, Bonzi Wells. Um, and then and and Sharif Abdurrahim, I think I'll go for that. Um, but I'm but I'm not sure. I'm kind of in this like um, the other funny thing with this is that um, I I just you know I was such a grading. I got into grading when I first you know, I still am, but got got back into it and just felt like you had to grade everything. Um, and so I've, you and I have had conversations. Uh, I've talked about this with uh, others as well. Just like what slab to put these in, like a black card. It doesn't look good in SGC because it kind of eats the black. Um, but I don't want PSA because it's the red and white just kind of detract from the card. Um, and I'm I'm really kind of at the point where I think I just want them raw. Um, and so you know, I, I almost want to have like a nice number, like a nine and nine. Um, so that they like go up, mm, um, yeah. uh, nice and evenly, um, and it kind of works out the way the way the sets work. Um, but maybe I'll just go four and four. Like I, I feel like I don't need three years of Brad Miller, um, for instance. Yeah, so, no offense. To and me. do you think um, like there there are other versions of these cards? There are X Fractors and um, you know the basic refractor. Are you just interested in this? Uh, out of 99, either black or gold, depending on the year, or do you think you're going to rainbow it at some point? Ooh, I never thought about the ra- I, I Maybe I considered it. Um, I'm being snobby about it. Um, I feel like it's just kind of an easy, they're easy rainbows to kind of pick up once you get the, the top tier. Um, so, um, although I will say, like, the, the white refractors from 04, um, are just gorgeous. Most of the kings were wearing white that year, um, and like I have a, I have a bibby of that, and I, I have a, a pop one PSA ten um, of that card, and it's just gorgeous. Like it just pops. With the white, mm, cool. white form, purple. They got this purple kind of in the border, um, and then um, uh, it's, it's just, it's just awesome card. So I'm, I, you know, I might, I actually already have the page of that too. I, I might, I might do that because the whites just look. Really good, really good. Uh, the nice. next factors are like blue. Doesn't, uh, doesn't do anything for me. Uh, yeah. What yeah. do you know about? Uh, it looks like all the years they did X factors, they're box stoppers. What does that mean? Does that just mean there's like an extra pack in every box that had that in it, or or what does a box stopper even mean? Dude, I have no idea. Um, pop off the box. I, yeah, I don't. Okay. It must just mean it's, I think it must mean it's a hobby exclusive that you just get one X Fractor per box. Um, I found it interesting that in 2003, so this is dorky, but so 2003, the X Fractors, which were the box stoppers, were numbered to 220. And then the next year, they were 110. So does that basically mean they made half as many boxes in 2004 as 2003? Which would make sense to me with LeBron and what that rookie class was, but um, that's the logic that I put to that. So I thought that was interesting. Interesting, yeah. I mean, they 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 made they expanded the checklist um, from you know oh uh, three oh four a lot. First year, you know, the first years of this was one sixty five, and then oh, I wrote it on the sheet what they went up to, but I can't find it now. I feel like it went up to two sixty or something. Oh, okay. So that would explain a lot of it too, then. Uh, two, okay. Two twenty, yeah. Two twenty in two thousand four, and two seventy four in two thousand five. So. Okay. 
So that makes some sense. A lot of it is just that then. Um, yeah. What about, uh, are you, like, presumably that 2001 team was good, and, and was that still the Jason Williams era? But are you not interested in going further back or further forward with the Topps Chrome thing? I, it, they, they don't have them in one uh, as far as I know. Um, I feel like I looked at that, but um, they, I mean, they have Topps Chrome, but I don't think they have these kinds of... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's quite... That's quite possible, yeah. Okay. In a while since I, you know, I just want to keep it contained. Yeah, uh, I think that's goal. smart. As someone, like you said, the 90s and this era was was a black hole for you going into, into this, uh, and this era is definitely... A major black hole for me where i i wasn't collecting and i don't know much about it so what is if i'm looking at you know let's say someone like mike bibby which what would the analogy be for me on the bulls someone like ku coach what does uh well obviously he wouldn't still be on the bulls in this era but if i'm looking for a player like that with their gold refractor what what does that usually go for if it's raw 2003 i got it for about 50 60 somewhere around there um greg moore's cards speaking of big um, consigners yeah, yeah, and he—that was I got the the Bibby and the Stoyakovich from him, from him on on that. Um, those were those were in good shape. Uh, yeah, I mean the the Bibby like a Bibby black from O two cost. Uh, I missed it and sold for like forty. Um, I, I already have one of those in an SGC nine, but I'd like to find another raw one and then try to sell that. Yeah, he's cool. Um, well, I feel like I. I've never been the biggest Topps Chrome guy from the 90s, I think, because my allegiance was to Topps Finest. But um, I like that, I think at this point, if we were to compare Topps Chrome and Topps Finest, there are way more parallels for Finest. Finest kind of went a little bit prismy uh, with the rainbow at this point. So I, I actually maybe could change my allegiance in this era from uh, from my 90s allegiance. Um, and, and these are nice looking cards for sure. So it's been fun for me to research this a little bit. Cool. Glad, glad I could give you some knowledge or some, uh, you know, uh, exposure. Uh, yeah, I do like that about it. Like, and and I, I kind of like that they, you know, it's just 99. Right. But not like an out of 10 with Prism now. Or, I mean, I kind of like the out of 10 thing. So I, when Fanatics takes over, I'll be interested to see what they do. But anyway, I am also, I could be convinced that 99 is the right number for gold. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would love the ad tens too, but it's obviously a <laughs> question of budget. Right, of course. Um, what was I going to say? This would be a rough era for me if I were... I've never really been a big... Even though I'm a Bulls fan, I've never really done the team uh, PCing like you're describing here. And this would be a rough era for that for me. I, I presume I'd be looking at Eddie Curry and stuff. So, um, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, yeah, we'll on the... <laughs> Yeah. On the other hand, I could probably get them very uh, reasonably priced. You could, you could, if you, if you, yeah. I mean, I, I, as I wrote here, like some of some of some of the cards, I, I'm just not. I don't, I don't want them. I don't remember the guy. It doesn't mean anything, you know. Uh, so if you, it's hard to do if you don't feel it. Uh, yeah, it's what, interesting. What you, you wrote yeah. that you don't remember Keon Clark, and I, I do. I remember for some reason, I remember thinking he was going to be awesome. <laughs> he must have been, but he he was on I think the Bucks the next year. Yeah, I, and I think yeah. of him as a raptor in my brain. Okay. But um, who knows? I'm going to probably, this is important for this podcast, I'm going to look him up real quick. Um, yeah, anyway. The era for the Bulls for me would be the 90s. So um, yeah. 
you know, so there aren't cards like this. Um, but I have been, I recently, I mean, these things would be too expensive, but I started having searches out there for like the, the PMGs and some of those things of guys like Ron Harper. Um, but you know, they're probably still thousands of dollars. So that's probably not something I would do, but I, I was interested to see what a card like that goes for if it ever shows up. So you just got them saved. On your yeah, just have searches. saved searches that I probably started two weeks ago and absolutely nothing from them, which is to be expected. But um, I'd be curious just to see what one went for if it came up. So there are some cards like that. I think I'd like to target some things like that, like a, maybe a more approachable would be a legacy collection of Kukoc or something. Um, anyway, I think something like that. But I don't really have anything like that, I don't think, at this stage. I like it, man. I mean, Kukoch, you know, I'm I'm kind of a, you know, kind of one of my guiding things with cards is I like the, you know, the Yugoslavian, ex-Yugoslavian players from those countries, et cetera. Uh, so Kukoch, Kukoch seemed interesting to me. Yeah. I kind of wish he could um, be reincarnated in this era. I think he would be, he, I like that he was on the Bulls and he won the sixth man and won the championships, but I think he could have been much more as a player in a different era and a different situation. Yeah, I, I I agree. I see that. I see that. Uh, shall we move on to our final topic? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, you proposed this uh, out of nowhere on our Discord, uh, <laughs> and just you know, drop drop the bomb of <laughs> that this year's rookie class uh, relative to the last decade might be might be the worst. Um, which uh, we would like to debate tonight. Okay, uh, let's do it. To me, it's pretty clear 2018 is the top uh, rookie class in the last 10 years. 2018, I go, uh, that's number one with Luca, SGA, Trey, Triple J, Bridges, uh, MPJ, DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Simons. Like, you know, I don't necessarily think anyone after Triple J is probably going to be an all-star, but uh, you've got, you know, four guys who I could easily see having multiple all-NBAs in their career between Luca, SGA, Trey, and Triple J, and one in Luca, who I think will probably win an MVP at some point and um, has a chance to be a top 10 all-time kind of player. So for me, that's a pretty easy number one, just between the high-end talent and the depth of talent. I, I have nothing to add. Same thing. Okay. Also, I love SGA and think that I his cards too. should be more than Trey Young, which they're not yet, but I, I think he's number two on this list. I think um, they will be. This, this next one, I think I'm less set that it should be number two, but where it came to is 2017. So the year before that should be number two on the list between Tatum, Mitchell, Fox, Adebayo, Markkanen, even guys like Jared Allen. Um, you know, I think you've got that high-end, not quite MVP, sort of player in Tatum, and then you've got all-NBA all candidates with Mitchell, Fox, and Autobio. Um, Tatum, Mitchell, Fox, those are the kind of players that do well in the hobby. Um, I like that it's a little bit of an older class, so not quite as mass-produced in terms of cards. So I, I could be convinced that I'm wrong on that, but I think I have that as number two. I also have that as number two, and I think, I think if you asked this before this year, it might not have been. Um, but I think with Fox and Markinen becoming all stars, um, you know, it kind of it just gives it, you know, there are now six all stars in that class. Um, it gives it depth, um, and you know, I, I I do value the depth uh, as well. 
So yeah, yeah I and as a Bulls fan, I would like to think Lonzo Ball will go back on this list, but that's not looking very good. Uh, uh, great player, great player. Yeah. I love Lonzo. Yeah, yeah, and actually, Fultz is playing pretty well recently, but probably not relevant mm -hmm. for cards. Um, next one is very top heavy, I would say, uh, but I have 2015 um, as third, uh, just mostly based on Jokic and Booker, and then you've got Cat and Porzingis to sort of, you know, add a little bit of depth to it. But I think just Jokic, obviously, two-time MVP, um, I think decent chance to be a legendary type player in the, you know, Hakeem to David Robinson rankings of all-time players, Booker. Um, you know, he's a shooting guard. If they ever win a championship, people um, seem to love him as a player. So I just I think that class between those two guys um, goes third for me. Same. Uh, yeah, this is boring so far, but it, it, get in, it gets interesting at four. Uh, I got nothing to add on. Yeah, four, as I'm looking at this now, I'm like, do I really think it should be there? But I have 2019, um, which basically just revolves around Jaw, Zion, and Garland. Um and then you've got guys like R.J. Barrett and um, I forget, some other guys like that. Um, so it's basically a question of what you believe about Jaw and what you believe about Zion. And for me, I've always been a Zion optimist. Even this morning, I was thinking this is probably a good time for me to buy Zion. But I, I acknowledge that it's very risky um, for both players based on um, how Jaw plays and some of the off-court stuff potentially. Um, and then Zion obviously could very much be a Greg Oden type of player. Uh, I love Garland. I don't know that I see him being a hobby darling or um, popping statistically, but I love him as a player. So I had that third or fourth, but uh, obviously maybe one of the riskiest classes mentioned here. Yeah, um, I, I'm, it's, I guess, just totally pessimistic about Zion. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very uh, not optimistic about Zion. Jaw. Of course, catching him at a bad time right now, um, but you know I just have big concerns about you know that he's going to be you know John Wall or a Derek Rose kind of you know just the way he plays. That's not original to say, but it's it, it's hard to not worry about that just watching him play. Um, so I, I I actually had this class uh, last. Whoa, that's crazy. I, we'll talk about twenty twenty two, but that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and at fourth I had um, I had twenty sixteen. Okay, because, which I had um, eight. Yeah, eight. Um, this is your uh, Sabonis bias coming in here, I think. It is, it is. And, and my DeJounte Murray uh, a bit. Uh, ben Simmons was also in that class. I mean, if he had stayed mentally healthy or something, uh, he, you know, it would be. It, the depth here is good, six all-stars. Um, yeah, just overall, I think it's, you know, Siakam is a beast. Jalen hard to know how good he is with Tatum there, but he seems pretty good. Um, Hawks might trade Trey Young. Uh, leader role there. I don't know. I, I just, I like this class. Okay. I'm, you didn't even understand. Know what, the only guy I really like from that class very much is Ingram. So he, he's the one that I'm interested in. Brown, I think is good to me. This, I mean, maybe in terms of basketball, it should be higher, but for cards, I don't think people are really ever going to care about Siakam, Sabonis, Simmons, DeJounte Murray. So I think it's really just a question of Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram for uh, basketball cards. And I, I just think there's less upside with that than some of these other, other classes I have above it. Fair point. And yeah, from cards, I totally agree. And, and maybe mine is a little less cardy. Yeah, which is fair. I think I was thinking more about cards. Um, yeah. So fair. yeah, I, I'm just not, I think, 
you know, there are times with, with players where they can be really good, but there's just not a chance they're going to matter with cards. And I, I feel that way about Siakam and Sabonis. And we'll talk about Julius Randle later. But guys like that, I just think um, the hobby doesn't really necessarily reflect reality with a lot of players. And, and guys like that, it almost doesn't matter to me what they do for what their cards are going to be. Great. So five. So five for me, I had 2013. And it's 99.9% just based on Giannis. I think he's that much of a... a supernova as a player and as a sports card investment um and then i'd i just threw in rudy gobert there just because probably will be a hall of famer eventually but card wise it doesn't mean much um but i just think Giannis is the best player from the last 10 years um so i think that's enough to carry this class where otherwise it's very much underwhelming yeah and uh do you know the third all-star from that class Ooh, um (laughs) no idea no Victor Oladipo, uh, mm. and and but the the other player from that draft is um, uh, CJ McCollum, but he, he's never been an All Star. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you go ahead. I was just gonna say that that makes me sad. As someone who lives in Portland, I I respect CJ McCollum and think he. There was a couple years ago where he was on track to make it, and then he got hurt. And anyway, makes me sad. Yeah, he he's the second best player in this class. Um, you know, and and maybe I was a little harsh, but I find this class just horrendous. Um, I mean, it, if you look, it is, class, but there's Giannis though. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was no, a I mean, terrible draft, but it's Giannis. Yeah, I mean, so I think I'm more of a depth look. Um, you know, uh, it depends how you weight star. I mean, I, I had them at nine. Um, you know, so that's uh, maybe unfair to Giannis. Uh, I, I could be talked push that up one or two slots i think do you uh disagree that Giannis is the best player of the last 10 years no he is okay yeah yeah to me that's like i don't know i'm trying to think i guess usually the great players of all time are from a great draft class huh when i think about uh jordan and kobe and lebron so anyway i can't think of a good analogy but uh yeah uh so he's, never mind. I was, was going to make an amazing analogy, and then I realized it doesn't exist. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so number six. Uh, well, who's your five, I guess? Oh, sorry. Five for me is 2020. Um, Who I have at six, I, so this is a good yeah, time. Yeah, I would rank them Edwards, um, Halliburton, Ball, and then, yeah, Maxie and Bain are there. Um, Wiseman might be something. Um you know, and I, I also kind of gave the earlier, the most recent classes a little more benefit of the doubt just because time. Um, on average, I look back to 2006. Um, okay, so 2006 to 2012, draft classes averaged five points, about six all-stars a class. Um, so 2020 is already ahead of 2019. They both have three. You know, I could see Maxi making an all-star team one year. For I mean, we had it pretty similarly ranked, I guess, so... Probably not a big argument here. I'm not the biggest Edwards guy. Um, I love Halliburton. I like Bain. I kind of actually really like Lonzo Ball. So I, I've been thinking now might be a good time for me to look into that because I don't have any of his cards. But um, Lamelo, yeah, uh, yeah. Did I say Lonzo? You did. Oh <laughs> man, my Bulls, my Bulls DNA came in there. Uh, but Halliburton is the guy that I love from this class, and I think Edwards is great. I just have some questions about. 
how much he takes care of his body and some of his choices on the basketball court. But uh, uh, I love Halliburton. So six, you have 2020. Six for me is 2021. Which is um, seven for me. So again, basically, if you just take out the Giannis draft, yeah, we're pretty similar. Pretty pretty much. Well, in the, the 2019, we're, we're off a lot. Yeah, yeah, that one's the anomaly for sure. Um, 2021, I, I don't know. I think Mobley is going to be really good. Uh, just needs some time. Um, Cade, I don't know. Uh, I think I like Shenyun. Um Giddy should be fine. Wagner seems like he'll be in the league for a long time. Um, anyone else I'm missing? Did you you kind of cut out for a minute? Did you mention Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes? I did not. Yeah, very deep class. Yeah, I think that's what I like about it. Is uh, you know a way you could look at what we're talking about is which years you should buy sealed wax from and hold as kind of a um, sports cards uh, investment or mutual fund. Um, and I think 2021 would be a pretty good one for that. I don't do that, so I'm not, not re- recommending that per se, but I could see viewing it that way. I love Mobley. I think he's, I don't know about for cards, but I think real life he's going to be an amazing NBA player. And then I think there's just between all the other players, you've got a pretty good bet that there's going to be several other um, pretty great players. Um, yeah, I've always been high on that draft class and, and do expect it to potentially – go above 2020 eventually and maybe 2019 um so i i had more of a up arrow on on this uh, ranking than any of the other ones i would say good call i think yeah i, I think it can go as high as two even um potentially i think definitely for real life i think in some ways the kind of players are not the best for sports cards in terms of mobley and barnes and franz like these players are more real life amazing than probably Sport card wise, so yeah, depending on whether we're talking about for the hobby or for real life, I think it would be different for me. Aside, I mean, did you hear the Simmons episode? Centers are reemerging. Yeah. Um, My only real question with Mobley is: is he ever going to be able to shoot? Because um, I, I think we know he's a amazing defender and and good around the basket, um, but I don't know whether he's going to be able to shoot or not. Yeah. Yeah. No. No one knows. It goes either way with these guys. Yeah, he looks like he should be able to shoot, and I think his free throws aren't terrible. So that um, that makes me optimistic, but um, it, the results have not been great so far. And on that team, stats-wise, it's going to be a little tough just because there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Agreed. I guess uh, it's not as good on free throws as I thought. 68%, that's not, that's not fantastic. Um, so I, I had at eight... At number eight, I had 2016, but you already meant we already talked about them because you had them unreasonably high. Um, <laughs> just kidding. At, so at nine for me is 2014, and that's basically entirely Joel Embiid, and then I'll I'll mention Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Andrew Wiggins. But um, I suppose I just don't. I like Embiid. I don't think he's going to last as long as Giannis, and I don't think he's as good as Giannis, so I didn't put them as high as I did 2013, but it, it's a similar sort of situation for me. Yeah, you know what? I have I have uh, that class at seven, and I, I you've talked me out of... I, I would definitely switch the Giannis class from nine to seven after talking to because I, I agree with you on Embiid. I mean, great player. I just, I just don't think he's going to hold up um, for a long career or, you know, or somehow truncated career. Um, 
Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't have had them seven, now that I think about it. But MB is, you know, a top four, five player right now. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'd oh. say top three. I think there's a yeah. pretty clear top three to me right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And, and like you mentioned, you, you could argue all of them are centers. I, I think Giannis probably technically is a power forward, but um, he, he can be a center for sure. Yeah, and we'll have Wen Benyama next year. So, uh, you know, let, let it continue. Yeah. So does that mean, have we talked about everything other than the 2022 class? Where, I think so, yeah. I have them last. Where do you have them, though? Eight. Wow. Uh, so who's remind me who's behind them, 2013 and 2019? No, but I've now changed. I would put 2014 with them being behind them. Um, and I have Zion, the 19 class, at, at 10. Okay. So that, you must be very optimistic on some of these non- Paolo rookies because um, even Paolo to me like he's now I mean I know he's a rookie but his uh, true shooting percentage is bottom five in the league for high or for high volume players um, so I'm a little baffled that you could have them above some of these teams <laughs> fair enough they're rookies they're figuring it out um, it's just it's hard to, to gauge them and I'm not going to pretend that I've watched these guys closely um, I, you know I'm kind of a fantasy basketball player, uh -huh. um, and their their fantasy stats are interesting uh, for guys like like Jalen Williams um, on OKC. He's 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 a revelation in fantasy. Yeah. Um, Walker Kessler, um, that guy's a revelation in fantasy because uh, he gets so many blocks. Um, uh, Sochan, the guy in San Antonio, doesn't play a lot. Uh, seems like they're tanking and managing or whatever, but you know, he, he kind of pops on the stat sheet. Um, Durin was popping earlier on the stat sheet. Jalen Ivey. Keegan Murray is, you know, starting on the Kings this year. Um, he's been solid. Um, has a lot of room to grow. I, I don't know. I just, I think it could be a deep class. Again, I'm kind of, I'm kind of high on its depth. Hmm. I think you're describing a lot of role players to me. Like, I, I think Jalen Williams maybe has a chance to be an all-star, but to me, he seems kind of uh, like a modified version of Franz Wagner, which is good, but I don't see it changing my life. You didn't even mention Benedict Matherin. There's Chet Holmgren. Uh, Jabari Smith's actually been playing a little bit better. So I agree that we can name a lot of people, but I, I don't, you know, like we don't have a lot of evidence about them, obviously. Like you said, they can grow, but... I feel like we saw a lot more from previous rookie classes early on. So I, I think that is illustrative, even if it's not, um, uh, you know, objectively, you know, it's not history by any means at this point. But uh, I I think this class kind of sucks. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, and you may well be right. And I, I take your argument. We, say the general public, likes what they don't know. You know, they're more attracted to the, the unknown. So... Uh, that, you know, I might be operating under that principle a little more. Um, but, uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, I do wonder if you on the, sorry, just on the larger point that it, it, it doesn't look that promising for high end stars. Yeah. That, that's my opinion. Um, I wonder if there's a pretty good case brewing that Jalen Williams should be rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, they just kind of anointed Paolo with it, but, uh, yeah, certainly second half. He's been more valuable. Yeah. For some reason, this analogy always comes to my head for players, but Paolo gives me some real uh, 
big dog Glenn Robinson vibes. Like he can sh sure put up numbers, but it's like, is it changing anything? I don't know. Um, or, you know, it's not super efficient. It's not, yeah, I'm just not sure how impactful Paolo is, but I, I also haven't watched him a ton. There, there. And I guess the Magic are a lot better than I would have expected, and one of the big factors there is Paolo. So I'm probably wrong. Yeah, it, that, that, that will be a fun team to watch, what they do. They might have enough youth and talent around that it's kind of okay. Yeah, it'd be funny if they got the number one pick because they just they can't have enough centers. <laughs> that in, in OKC. Uh, yeah. Chet, and then... <laughs> and then who, who do you want him to go to? Uh, uh, I mean, other than the Bulls? Yeah, other than the Bulls. Okay. Uh, and other than, I, I think I should rule out Portland too because that would be my second choice because then I could watch him. I think if it's more of the like, top four teams, I would like him to go to San Antonio. Yeah, I think same. there's a, a legacy there. I think they would probably maximize him. Um, I worry about what could happen to him in Houston. I, I'm just not a big fan of where that situation is going. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would say San Antonio. Yeah, I got nothing, nothing to pick with that, except that I didn't really think about the um, the Bulls. Uh, that would be, I'd be happy with that. Uh, you know, the Bulls are kind of like the Knicks. It's it's more fun when they're when they're relevant. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'd have to lose in the play-in, which which is pr probably a pretty good bet to have their one percent shot at it. But um, yeah, I would like that one percent to happen. It happened with Derrick Rose. Yeah, the other the the, the team I kind of root for in the East, just because good friend here, uh, is the Wizards. Uh, they really are like kings of the East. Um, I mean, this this year is an anomaly, but we're otherwise very similar franchises. Huh. Um, I think uh, even though the Kings have struggled, I think of them still as more interesting than the Wizards. It, somehow more interesting, but we've been worse. I mean, <laughs> the Wizards have actually gone to the playoffs a bit and stuff like that. Um, so I wouldn't mind if he goes there, uh, but whatever. I think I would mind that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just no, I'm team, uh, team is so vanilla to me, and uh, I just feel like they would mismanage him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe if they change their name back to Bullets. I don't know. There's something about Wizards as a, a name, too, that just <laughs> leaves, me, leaves me cold. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a valid point. We've been rocking quite a bit, uh, so we should probably wrap up. Um, but great, great chatting. All uh, right, man. This was super fun. Yeah, enjoyed it. Have a good, have a good weekend. Talk to All you right, soon. you too. All right, man. Bye. I think uh, I think we got a maybe show title for this one. You know, <laughs> keeps on keeps on load management. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>